0: This week on the Guardian Audio Edition, Marley, High Stakes in Olan's War, Johnny Margot Solo, and our audiobook review looks at Christopher Priest's The Islanders and Daniel Defoe's classic Robinson Crusoe. To subscribe for free, go to audible.co.uk forward slash Guardian or find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. The Guardian Audio Edition, a new way to get the whole picture. The Guardian
1: Hello, this is Music Weekly. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week, we talk to Palmer Violets, a rock and roll band with a turbocharged tale of success. Justin Timberlake gets his kit off on our singles club. We're joined by Quez in the studio. Plus, there's another hidden treasure from our stash of overlooked albums.
0: All here on Music Weekly from The Guardian.
1: We're delighted this week to be joined by Quez. How you doing? Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for coming in. I'm good, I'm good, thank you. are good, excellent. Yeah, how you keeping to hear Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Your track Who's? Um, so what was it? <laughs> 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 it was
0: <laughs> Alexis always has a bit of difficulty pronouncing.
1: Yeah. It's just, it stands for Let Go If you Hurt. Of course it does, which is part of the lyric, yeah. as opposed to Igoth or whatever, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> whatever it's called. Um, yeah, that a was, that was a, a favourite on Singles Club. Thanks on, uh, so much Easy for weekly, that. Um, This year. And
0: um, when we were discussing, one of the EPs of last year, Meantime, was, actually, yeah. we were listening to it and thinking, yeah, that was it rated very highly. Tell us a little bit about the process of making that. Uh, how you felt about um, it A Long since.
2: process. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I started work on it, actually, Six years ago. Well, on the songs, I didn't know it was going to become Meantime, but I started the songs, maybe half of the songs, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was going to eventually form some sort of album, which never happened. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my computer broke down. Yeah, fast forward six years, came across the songs in a book. I'd written the lyrics in the books and i had called Progressions Down and I revisited those songs and, and then just started rebuilding them, and, and then wrote two new songs in the process. And that became Meantime.
0: But during that process, you'd done a lot of production stuff as well, hadn't you? You'd produced yeah. Speech to Bells' album. You'd yeah. done the Quezatu mixtape one and two. So you've had to kind of lots of different projects on the way as you've been kind of establishing yourself as an artist, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really, I really kind of wasn't I wasn't trying to establish myself as an artist, but it kind of just happened. But um, I'm I'm grateful for that as well.
0: Do you still think of yourself as a producer first and foremost? Then yeah,
2: or? yeah, producer songwriter. But then I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of having a few. Qualms of calling myself a producer and songwriter as well, even though I'm, I tell um, Inland Revenue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you having qualms about
2: it? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It just has this air of pompousness to it. I don't know, mate. It's just me.
1: It's just me being being silly. So, how do you feel about playing? I saw you play live last year, and you're very good. Um, oh, how you. did, is that something you enjoy doing? Is it to be re- to be honest?
2: I mean, it's something I have difficulty doing. I mean, I. I don't have a natural kind of inclination to, to play live. I mean, it's, it's something I'm, I didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I figured out it was, I don't know, it was something necessary. It was something I had to do, you know, to build profile and all of that. I'm enjoying it a bit more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the experience of touring with um, Bobby Womack? Did he give you any tips? On... Oh,
2: man, I mean, mm-hmm. pff, I was talking to Bobby Womack about Sam Cooke and all of that. I mean, he didn't really... I didn't really ask him for tips or anything. I was just, just talked about food and
1: <laughs> and, and boxing. Yeah, he was, he's really into boxing. In my um, limited experience, I met Bobby Wymatt last year. I interviewed him last year. Having conversation with him, quite difficult on the grounds that you can't get a word in edgeways. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's so amazing. And also, everything he says is really interesting. Yeah. Every, yeah. every story he has is like, well, Marvin Gaye said to me. And you're you like, really well, no. yeah. So, so I'm not going to interrupt you. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just listen, really, when he speaks. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And he could be talking about anything. Hmm.
0: And something you were know, really struck yeah. by was his energy, even though he was quite frail and quite ill when you very spoke Ill to when him. I met him yeah. He's still kind of, you know, quite high energy and yeah. lots of great anecdotes and very funny and charismatic.
1: What is the one thing that strikes me about what you do is incredibly eclectic. Your sound is very, very difficult to pigeonhole, you know. Um, does not having any boundaries on what you do make it more difficult to finish things?
2: No, not really. I
1: mean because I'm I'm thinking
2: more I'm not thinking so much about the music stylistically. I'm just thinking about what I'm what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and then and then just try to get that down however it comes however that comes out musically doesn't isn't really kind of a focal point for me. That's
1: good. That's a very good attitude.
0: Um yeah, how did the the free pop term come about? Was that some a name that you gave yourself yeah, as a genre classification? I, th- I think
2: I was just getting a bit I I got a little bit annoyed just being being lumped into different things you know and I was just thinking of a term I could use that represents what I listen to you know and and, and how that kind of filters into my my creative process and
0: what were you being you know, lumped into at that time that you were happy with I, mean, I, was, I
2: was getting booked for like dubstep gigs and stuff but that's the thing I don't have a dislike for dubstep at all mm-hmm. you know but like I know that's I know that's not the music I make and then um mm. or, or being called an indie artist, or maybe an R and B artist, or a soul artist, or
3: mm. I think
2: I'm, I'm again, that's the thing I'm, not, I'm not even sure if, if I, about being called an artist in that. You know.
1: <laughs> 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 well, it's a good, nice, it's a nice wide spread yeah. of things you got called. I mean, it's like dubstep, indie, R and B. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's all indicative of the fact that your sound is quite difficult to pitch yeah. you know, I think
2: actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's flattering at the same time, mm.
1: I guess.
2: Where
3: did you go? Where did you go? Where did you go? Hopefully, we will
2: meet again. Time will You tell me an eternity. The only thing I can do right now is roll a blade again. For the calamity.
1: That's Quez's Rollerblades. Um, that'll be out uh, next week on, uh, on C3 Vinyl, I'm led to believe. Um, we'll be hearing more from Quez and Singles Club in a bit. Right, now moving on. Palmer Violets formed in 2011, and before you could utter the phrase raw emotional rock and roll, it was signed by their dream label Rough Trade and won Enemy's Song of the Year for 2012. Frontmen Sam Fryer and Chili Jessen, great name for a rock and roll frontman, that Chilly Jessen, <laughs> wicked. Talk to Michael Han about a monumental year.
4: You pretty-
5: Welcome to you both, gentlemen. Hello. Good, good afternoon. What was the most surprising thing that happened to you guys last year and what must have been a pretty great year for you?
6: Uh, George Holland was really, really, really fun. It was a massive strange surprise. place to be when we were there. Um, it was one of those moments that was quite overwhelming. You saw all the other artists in the room who had been doing it for a long time and we'd just come onto the scene and uh, it was nerve-wracking. But then when it was all over, I, I realised that it was the most fun I'd had all the, all year so.
4: yeah no i I agree with that I think I think a lot of really exciting things happened last year and um that you know getting signed to rough trade and yeah I, I think they were all surprises but that really because it's the most recent thing
5: really sticks in. In my mind, did Jules play Boogie Woogie over the top of you at any point? <laughs> yeah, Were, he was, he was on the grand piano right next. To, no, <laughs> no, know, I'm behind Pete. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite
6: tall; you could see him behind. <laughs> yeah, <it>. you could <laughs> just see his
5: fingers. But um, yeah. who, who else was on on that uh, that edition?
6: Well, there was um, Lana Del Rey, Lana Del. the Weekend, the Week, uh, Tom Odell. Uh, there like, was a Jazzy B and Soul to Soul. Oh yeah. Yeah, the,
5: the weekend didn't take you out to hang around in VIP areas, having terrible group sex with people afterwards. Um,
6: no, but they did offer this like this drink. I don't understand what it was. It's called was. syrup, <laughs> syrup or something <laughs> made out uh, of cough mixture. It was uh, yeah. and codeine together mixed yeah, in think, think that Yeah, but w- <laughs> we had this uh, disco
4: in our in our dressing room, and um, before we went on, and they all came over and had to dance with us. So.
6: And officers, cough medicine. Yeah, medicine,
5: yeah. yeah. <laughs> cough medicine is just what you need. Going on a live TV show, something to bring you right down. <laughs>
4: yeah. You know, to yeah, put your put two feet on the ground. I think.
5: Yeah. Now the fact that you are band to remind a lot of people of indie music before it became lad rock, assigned to Rough Trade, seems like a perfect match. Who pursued whom in that relationship? Were you, or did you have your sights set on Rough Trade, or did they come knocking after you?
4: We we never really thought that we'd get signed so quickly. I, I mean, we thought the f- our first songs were sort of stepping stones. Because those are the first songs that we created as a band. And um, I've always loved Rough Trade and Sam has as well and the rest of the group has. And in the back of our minds, we were like, well, if
6: we ever did get signed, that would be the dream label, you know. Um, but it is the rock and roll label. When I think of a rock and roll label, I immediately think of Rough Trade and...
4: Yeah, and uh, and I think we, you know, we we never wanted to sign for for much money or anything like that. You know, we wanted to be able to make, you know, longevity. We wanted to make record after record, and you see a lot of new groups now that are on these major labels, and and only now I can realize just how tough it must be for them. You know, they, you know, when you spend so much money on a record, you, you've got to. You know, produce album sales or whatever. You know, so yeah. Only now I've I've
5: realised just just how lucky we are to be on an independent. How much guidance have you taken from the Rough Trade Brains Trust, or have they very much left you alone to do what you want?
6: no nah, they're always helping us on the way. Yeah,
5: on. no, well, you know, they got what, thirty years of experience. You know,
4: Jeanette Lee's been there, and she's she's been amazing. Jeff has has the best ears in in showbiz, so he.
5: The best (laughs) he is in showbiz. I I, I think Jeff Travis should have that on his CV. (laughs) I I can't imagine him really doing
4: it. No, you know, and it's been it's been so important, really important to us. It's like a family, you know.
5: So, when Palma Fighters came together, what were the musical touchstones that you guys had in common? What was the stuff that united you?
6: Well, for Chile, um, he always talked about Nick Cave to me. I didn't really ever get into Nick Cave, but he told me I should get in, and uh, immediately, after a while, I um, I, started buying the, I bought a few of the records, like Tender Prey, and things like that, and it completely blew me away, and I gave to him The Clash, and yeah. we kind of swapped swapped idols, really.
4: Yeah, and and now it's changed forever, you know, he loves Nick and I I love The Clash and Strummer and
5: Mick Jones and, you know, everything to do with that. I mean, the thing is, having only heard three songs and not seen you live, apart from on TV, on Jules Holland, I don't feel in much of a position to describe you or your music or to talk about your lyrical theme, so describe yourselves and tell, tell us what people should look out for in your songs.
6: It's this rock and roll that you can really feel that that's emotional, that's quite aggressive at times. I feel as though we're quite a, a band that touches on many different kind of emotions. Uh, all of our songs sound very, very different from the next one. We don't really follow a particular theme. And that's really why. I, yeah, I, the, the raw
4: emotions. That I mean, that that's, that's what we, we set out to do and I think that's what the listeners will hear.
5: Now someone at Rough Trade compared you to the Modern Lovers for me but then they always compare everything to the Modern <laughs> Lovers for me because I know how much I love, I love the Modern Lovers. What's the most inapt comparison that's been applied to your music so far? <laughs> um,
4: I mean we've, we've had so many different comparisons The Water Boys The, the wow. Marky uh, Smith Marky Smith I the, said like the Water Boys <laughs> But he's always out to date <laughs> on groups but um, well, yeah we have had so many which, is, which has been
6: really great We've got a book in our studio and we wrote down all the bands that people compare yeah. us to 50 names yeah, 50. 50 names <laughs> yeah. if, you, if we had known this question was coming out we would have
4: oh you should have brought the, the book whole in thing. well I'm look you're going to have to pick us <laughs> I'm I mean, not going to list them all now
2: <laughs> no 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 yes. <laughs>
5: You took the route of low visibility at first. I mean, you eschewed the conventional gig circuit in favour of playing at your own base in South London. It was really hard to find music by you on the internet. And I remember when Rough Trade first called me up about you. I went on the internet looking, there was one live clip from YouTube, and that was it. Right. And I said, well, how can I know if we, we want to do something with this group? we can only hear one song. We <laughs> yeah. didn't
6: really know how to use all those YouTubes and put videos up. We didn't have a camera or anything. Yeah. It all Ooh. happened so quickly that... Like when we signed to Rough Trade, was, that was the first thing we had to do was get a few more videos up on, our, on the internet about us because n- there was nothing out there. And everybody was like, What's all this thing about? Because, like, what, are you trying to do this? For? Like, no, it's just yeah. it happened. It was two or three months from when we started the band to when we got, got signed. It was.
5: Because that is, I suppose, that's one of the problems in this age that. One's motives always get questioned, so of course it's such. Oh, they're trying to shroud themselves in an air of mystery, yeah. but it w- it was simply N- circumstance, a, not at like all. That, but no.
4: but it kind of, it did really work in our favour for those records. I think if you look ten years ago at the Arctic Monkeys and stuff like that, and, and how they, you know, had all their music online already. You know, we had.
5: I, I think I just I feel like maybe it's. It's changing in the opposite direction. The layer of mystery can actually yeah. work in your favour. I and mean, presumably, it generated appetite for people to want to come see the band live because that was the yeah. only way really we to hear you.
4: And and the, the great thing about it was was we didn't need to record, you know, song. You know, the best way to see a band is to see them live. You know, and and that, I've always believed that. And and I think we were very much a live band, so it really did work in our favour.
5: People coming to see us. Now, to wrap up, what are your hopes for 2013, both for Palmer Violets and outside of Palmer Violets? Sam. We'd like to go to America, see what that's all about. So you can have one of those features where it's Palmer Violets conquer America and you're standing there in <laughs> exactly. the front of the yeah. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you
6: know.
4: <laughs> and Chile. Just simply and boringly, just to play to as many people as I can possibly play to.
1: That was Michael Hahn talking to Palmer Violet. Their debut album, 180, is out on February the 25th. It's time for Singles Club. Guests first, let's start with Quiz. This is your choice. <laughs> That's Quez's choice for singles club this week. Unknown Mortal Orchestra, so good at being in trouble. Um Quez, tell us a bit about Unknown Mortal Orchestra.
2: Yeah, there's this, this band, I don't really know that much about them. I mean they did a they put out a record I think a couple of years ago, which I thought was really cool. I just came across the song the other day and I thought it was lovely.
1: Mm. Is this sort of indicative of, of of their style generally, this track? Is this the kind I mean, of thing Yeah,
2: from a production standpoint it it, so, it sounds very much like their older stuff, but there's a real kind of focus on the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't heard the rest of the record yet. Right,
1: so right, right. I guess. It's just a trap for a four, from a fourth kind yeah, of so. yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. great. I really liked it. I yeah. thought it had a really sort of lovely, kind of laid back, sort yeah. of souly feel to it without being a kind of mm. obvious retro. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Pastiche of seventies yeah. yeah. Soul or something.
0: It reminded me a little bit of Psychedelia a little bit when I was listening to it, and I've, there was a kind of a little bit of a vein of that. From um, other things that you've sent me along the <laughs> <laughs> along the years, there's definitely um, a sort of spacey feel to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which quite light, and yeah. and it sounded uh, yeah quite soulful, maybe even a little bit R and B.
2: I could imagine Justin Timberlake covering
1: it or something. Really? Yes, yeah. No, but I could especially sl- in the chorus, mm. a slightly different kind. Of, it's like produced of in a slightly different way. I could mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, do we know when this is? This or did you just come across this on the internet? Is this just? Yeah, around yeah. Around? I
2: just came across it. I mean, because um. I was considering picking Suit and Tie, but I think you picked that. (laughs) I think it's Kieran, actually. Oh, yeah, you picked that. Sorry, sir.
0: (laughs) This has a similar feel though, doesn't it? It has that kind of sensuality about Mm. it, that kind of Mm. vocal that really uh, kind of takes you with it, which I think is is quite pretty, really.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a very pretty song. And then, yeah, going back to the point on Justin Timberlake, I just think, yeah, he has a similar register and he could kind of really
1: work it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay that's Unknown Mortal Orchestra So good at being in trouble As Quest said That's around and about On the internet We'll move on Well we've already said What it's going to be But we'll move on to Kieran's choice
7: Get out your seat hole uh, uh, uh.
1: All black get the white shows White shoes at the black shows. Green car for the Cuban links. Y'all sit back and enjoy the light show. Nothing exceeds like a cess. stout guy, gal, from having the best of the best. Is this what it's all about? I'm at the rest. The bronc, my brant, disturbing the guests. Years of distress. Tears on the dress. Justin Timberlake, the other big sort of comeback of last week, unexpectedish comeback of last week. Justin Timberlake, there with suit and tie. I'm um, featuring Jay Z. Of um, Kieran, you brought this in.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Like you say, this was debuted on Monday um, as uh, one of the singles from the album Twenty Twenty Experience, which is going to be out later in the year. And uh, I was reading this morning that it's just stormed in, so it's been number one on the UK and US iTunes chart. And I think for for quite good reason, actually, because Justin has always been quite a forward-looking artist in terms of production, uh, kind of using all of those tropes of R&B and pop in very, like, interesting ways, kind of warping them and manipulating them a little bit, but never sounds too left-field, who you produ- know? Who
1: produced this track?
0: Who did produce this track? Who oh, did it? Oh, was it? Timberland. Oh, right.
1: Interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really liked it. It wasn't, it wasn't quite as pounding as something like Sexy Back. It wasn't as obvious, but... That kind of he does that effortless falsetto so well, doesn't he, mm. Justin? And yeah. I think that yeah, Jay Z could have been quite a clunky, you know, um, injection on this, but he sounded really good on it. Because I think that sometimes when there's like a quite a delicate vocal, Jay Z does come in a little bit, and I, I don't really like how. It I think we should be
1: enormously thankful it's not so, got Timberland rapping on it. Today. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> um, that's,
0: that is true. Um, but um, yeah, but I just thought it was really beautiful. It's uh, everything so that I like about chin. Justin.
1: Excellent. No, I like it too. I think it's good. I think it's what I like is the way that it kind of shifts in a slightly unexpected way. Mm. You sort of think you've got a handle on it and you think, oh, it's this kind of, you know, 70s kind of Mm -hmm. summer breezy Mm. sort of track. And then it goes somewhere completely different, which is quite a brave and a bold thing to do. I don't mind Jay-Z's rap. I know people have been sort of, you know, seems to have been fairly disappointed by it, but um, I think it's all right. Um, Quez? Yeah, um, I guess Jay-Z's verse is just like new set of diapers for his, for his daughter or something. <laughs>
2: <I'm sure. laughs> it's just a really quick verse, isn't it? He just did it. Yeah, it, looked, it sounds
1: like he just, just laid it down really quickly. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he spent a lot of time yeah, thinking yeah. about it, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I,
2: I, I love the production on it as well. I love Justin's delivery, but I don't know, it, from, from kind of like an engineering standpoint, there's like, it's just something on, on Justin's voice that like I'm just not, I'm not feeling as much. That's, oh, that's really? That's just preventing me from enjoying, fully
1: enjoying it. Mm-hmm his vocal on it but like i love his delivery on it nonetheless and so what do you think it is about the way it's engineered this is always fascinating whenever we have mm. a musician or a producer mm. or a singer or something on they always alight on totally different things in songs we had charlotte church in not that long ago and she was like oh well this bit of the vocal is wrong when you know mm-hmm. i find this fascinating so what's wrong with the engineering do you it's think just, on this it's, it's quite it's quite mid-rangey it's right. quite
2: mid-rangey especially in the verses and then it just doesn't like sometimes it just doesn't work that well with his with his phrasing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it sounds like he's holding back a little bit in the verses, okay. A ti- tiny, tiny bit, but that's just me being potential. No, no, no.
1: It's it's really interesting that you yeah. can you can pick something like that up. So what should they do in what what could they've done to make that better? Made it. You say it's mid range. It just it... sounds a bit stiff mm-hmm. in the verses. Okay. I think he could have just
2: like
1: uh, maybe even relaxed a little bit more. than I don't know what it is, but I don't know that, I love the tune anyway. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's as you say, is a roundabout on iTunes. Um, it's rocketed into the charts at number one. It's been a long time since Justin Timberlake made a record, isn't it?
0: I know. And it's so worth the wait. It was really good. We, we were just discussing um, our excitement when we heard about the new Destiny's Child track mm. um, and how disappointing it was because it was a little bit wet, really. Mm. A little bit flaccid, <laughs> I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, well, it's, it's also it's that
1: thing, isn't it? It's, not, it's sort of... Not really what you want mm-hmm. from Destiny because everybody wants like a big banger. Destiny Child to come back with some huge kind of you know yeah with their bills 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 or whatever.
2: It's a bit halfway. Mm-hmm. It's a bit halfway for me. I mean,
1: I, I love some of the vocal harmonies in the tune, but I wonder if Beyonce is keeping her best material back for her solo career. I would you know. Mm-hmm
0: it does it does still feel a little bit like you know she's, it's still the Beyonce show though they, you know they very but much frame
1: with, with frame the greatest respect to the other members of Destiny's Child it always was when I saw Destiny's Child live yeah. whenever one of the others was singing right Beyonce would kind of rush to the opposite side of the stage and basically kind of wiggle a bum about <laughs> and they just completely distract you know I mean just completely attention from what was going on it was totally I mean this wasn't long before they broke up yeah. but um, it was so the Beyonce show and You're I right. really feel sorry for the other two was, you it? Know, Talented
3: mm-hmm.
1: because there was definitely a sense that they were being continually upstage mm. no matter what they did. She would kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that was for the benefit of listeners, I was just demonstrating very they nice. Uh, how it. long ago was that? Mm, uh, two thousand two, two thousand three, something like mm. that. Um it was at the old London Arena. It was an amazing show, I mean mm. don't get me wrong, right, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, I always think that's gonna be, you know, mm. sort of a problem. And I'm just
2: wondering um, whether they've been managed whether Destiny's Child have been managed by their dads. Of course,
1: because I mean, he, 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 he doesn't manage Beyonce anymore, no. does he? But he did so? Oh, I don't know. That's worth looking into, isn't it? Matthew mm. Knowles, mm. has he been completely brought out of the picture? Do we know why she stopped working with her dad? I don't know. There was a lot of I think
0: ad- it's a good job. I think like having Tina do the outfits was just, just too much, wasn't it? I don't know. There just, was a lot of kind of bad bad rumours about
1: the, the General Knowles fan from the members of Destiny's Child who'd left. Mm-hmm. There was certainly a lot of, of bad feeling mm-hmm. uh about what was going on there. And and so I'd be kinda intriguing to know what, what. So who's managing it now? Is Jay-Z running things? <laughs> no idea. No, no idea. idea. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> God, Alexa. <laughs> 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 no. no Well you might be. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well look look okay. let's, let's, let's that's that's all around <laughs> Um Gaston Tim suit and Tie, as you've no doubt gathered, is available now. Um is an album due G- when do we know any albums due you drop? No. No, this is your mine of information. <laughs>
0: It's going to be called oh Twenty Twenty Experiences. That's, that's okay,
1: so we know uh, what it's called, That's, that's something we know, know what it's called. I don't know. Oh, right. it's Wonderful.
3: Out. Yeah,
0: it's, it's right. a bit of
1: gossip about Jay Z. You don't know anything about that. You don't know anything about the Matthew Knowles situation. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? Sorry, um, sorry. Right, let's finally move on to my choice. <laughs> That's some um, public service broadcasting, Signal 30. That's actually a live version of a track that's going to come out, um, a studio version that's coming out. It's coming out as a single, as a the first single off their forthcoming album, which is due out in May. I actually don't think that's the best representation I've heard of what public service broadcasting do. An interesting sort of project, in some ways it's the least rock and roll thing I've ever come across in my entire life. It is a geography teacher um, who has a sideline in setting old public information films to kind of sort of krautrocky rocky kind of guitar-y yeah. Yeah. instrumentals. I did a really good EP last year, a uh, track last year called Everest, which is a, a public information film about the, the conquest of Everest. They've done other ones based around um, ones from the war, stuff like that, one called London Can Take It, which is a, was a famous yeah. um, you know public information film during the war. Um and it's really interesting live Because the three of them There's a drummer playing away There's him playing guitar And then there's a TV It's sort of the third <laughs> member of the band is a TV showing these films Now as a concept I don't see how it's going to last more than an album Because once you get the idea You've got the idea mm-hmm. But at its best It's actually incredibly atmospheric And strange And, and just a really odd juxtaposition mm-hmm. I found And quite Sometimes quite Sort of emotionally quite potent and things like that this is a lot kind of thrashier and get more guitar than other stuff That maybe because it's a live version I don't know um, Quez I'd want to hear
2: more mm. I'd want to hear more um, definitely I mean the whole kind of um, concept um, sounds really interesting mm. I mean you know this, this particular track just sounded like a heavier kind of noise to me yeah it is yes absolutely it's, de- it's definitely got that feeling to it, hasn't but, um, it but yeah it didn't give that much away to me no no, so I'd want to check out more.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. I think that's, uh, there's there's plenty to check out actually on the website if you if your interest is piqued, Kieran.
0: Yeah, I think the the music lends itself really well to the concept actually because they tie in really well together. It's it's not. I think it is quite well done, isn't it? It's well produced. Um, they don't feel like very disparate. Like now and again, you get the guitar and then you get these the public service announcements. Mm. It feels like it's uh, done quite well, and it feels like you are really going on this journey with them. Um, which is quite good, but what do you mean about the live setup? So, do you mean on stage? There's Literally a on stage.
1: There appears to be a guy playing drums, okay. a bloke playing guitar, and a TV, oh, and the okay. TV shows this this stuff. I assume there's some other. I'm quite interested in in not sort of soundtracky stuff, but this kind of juxtaposition of film, old film, and the music. there was an amazing program just before Christmas on the BBC Four that was a document, ostensibly a documentary about uh, the British seaside or about. Uh, mm-hmm. The British coast, and it was completely unnarrated. All it was was old footage of things happening mm-hmm. along around the coastline, and that could be anything from you know seafaring things to kind of people swimming and. And um, the soundtrack—I realized I started watching it was was British Sea Power, who were obviously sort of playing along to it, and it was genuinely brilliant. It was complete. There was not a word spoken during this program. There was almost no vocals on the songs. It was, just, and it was. Totally captivating TV for about forty-five minutes. Um, you had no, there was no narrative thread. It would just keep jumping. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And um, there is something a little similar, I think, with this. Yeah. Sort of I think really.
0: there is a fine line sometimes between performance art and very, like very heavily conceptual music like this. And I think that the difference is when the records are actually very good and they stand alone without that. So that's yeah. why it'd be good to kind of listen. See, to see. more. I think. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Actually,
1: I think mm. maybe as I said, because this is a live version, mm. it doesn't. You know what I mean? It, does, it doesn't stand up as well as some of their other stuff, and it doesn't stand up as well as the first stuff I heard about them. it's got CD, so I didn't really know what the concept was. I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's right. It's all right. <laughs> anyway, um, Signal 30 by Public Service Broadcasting will be out soon. I don't know, the album is, out, is due out in May. There's lots of other stuff on the website and online to have a look at, if you so desire. Anyway, that's Singles Club. Time for another of our hidden treasures where we bang the drum for albums our writers think are great but were sadly overlooked at the time of their release. This week, it's the turn
8: of Tim Jones. Leave me alone and let me go home Let me go back and start over
7: It was 2002 and I was sat alone in Nashville's premier bluegrass venue, The Station Inn, waiting for a friend to arrive. What I didn't know at the time was that the friend in question was busy being led down a darkened alleyway by a stranger on the wrong side of town, no doubt to be mugged or who knows what worse. And so, oblivious to all this, I ordered a beer and sat watching a few of the local artists. When my friend finally arrived, after having fought off his potential mugger at the very last moment, he was visibly shaken, spouting gibberish and in need of constant alcohol. I didn't know how to calm him down. He needed distracting. Then a man in dungarees got in stage and began attacking his banjo.
8: I see that girl, it's always dark and cloudy. Every time I see that girl, I always tell her howdy. Say to go, my true love. Say to
7: go, my he was playing what I later learned is known as old time music, North American settlers music which has its roots in the folk traditions of the British Isles. His name was Leroy Troy. There were plenty of striking things about Troy. He had a large bassist called Superman, he attacked his instrument with a ferocity that comes from what I've since read is known as a claw hammer school of playing, where you strike the banjo strings downwards as opposed to the more common style patented by Earl Scruggs, which mixes upward and downward strokes. You didn't have to be well versed in the history of Appalachian music to realise that Troy, apparently the national old time banjo champion in 1996, could really play. But it was the contents of his songs that got our attention. As might be expected from someone who has sung in the past about running over a possum so that he could feed his family, Troy's songs weren't exactly a part of our typical British experience. Yet it was their very alien nature that appealed to us most. And so we both bought a copy of the album he was selling on his merch stand, The Old Grey Mare.
8: Old Grey Mare, she's back where she used to be many long years ago. She might be old and lean, but she don't need gasoline. Ah, oh, she flips her tail out of four down the Cadillac, kicks out a Pontiac, acts like a jumping jack, the old grey mare, she's back where she used to be many long years ago.
7: The Old Grey Mare was Troy's first solo album and boasted production from country music legend Marty Stewart, who also features Troy as a guest on his weekly country music show and describes him as an American treasure, a musical wizard. Troy may have gained the respect of many a Nashville pro such as Stuart and played on huge stages locally, including the Grand Old Opry, but I'm pretty sure his music remains as obscure as it gets over here. His songs are often humorous, and made more so thanks to his elasticated yelp, yet they often have a deeper meaning. "Git along, little yearlings, for example, may sound anachronistic, yet this old Civil War song about the bank taking your land and the tax taking your home Resonates during any economic crisis.
8: The Yanks took our corn, the reps took our cotton, the bank took our land, and the tax got our home. We hitched up the oxen and loaded the wagons with the drove. Poor yearlings we started to roam long little yearlands were
7: going. To Elsewhere, this bottle of wines pleased to start things again sober or the title track which bears a sing-song resemblance to London Bridges Falling Down. Mary Laveau, a song about the 19th century New Orleans voodoo practitioner, features not just a line about a one-eyed snake and a two-legged dog, but also a genuine full-throttle scream. Can't lie, The Old Grey Mare isn't an album I play regularly, but it's always dusted down and given a spin whenever I happen to find myself hanging out with my old travelling companion. It still leaps out at us in the same startlingly alien way as it did back in the station inn that night. And as we left the venue, there was only one thing we were talking about back then, and it wasn't about how my friend almost got killed down a dark alley.
1: Tim Jones there. And that's us. That's us done for this week. Thank you, Quez. Thanks so much for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Kieran, you and I will be back. Same time, same channel next week. Um, If any of the, if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this programme, have your say. uh, Anytime at guardian.co.uk forward slash musicweekly. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.